I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. Welcome to this week's Failed Critic Podcast, a Failed Critic Podcast with a difference to what we usually do. We'll explain that later though. I'm your host Steve Norman, joined by James Diamond. Hello. Owen Hughes. Hello. And Jerry McCauley. Hello. So James, do you want to explain what we're doing this week and why we're doing it and whose idea it was? Oh yeah, obviously. I'll make sure yeah. credit goes where credit should exactly. do. Exactly. Um, oh god, I've just knocked my phone over. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, this week is the Fell Critics TV special. Um, this week we are going to be talking about TV shows that we enjoy. Um, and Triple Bill this week will have a TV, TV theme as well. The reason being, uh, I couldn't get the motivation to go out to the cinema. The time of the motivation this week. I think we originally were going to review On the Road and I just couldn't bring myself to make us go and watch it. That sounds really bad. There was basically Um, nothing new released this week that we deemed worthwhile watching and reviewing considering we're doing this amateur and we have to pay our own money to go and watch it rather than get invited to premieres for free. Or press People screenings. need to remember that, and we've yeah. already voluntarily given our money to Rock of Ages and Dark Shadows this year. <laughs> and this um, kind of nonsense has to stop. Yeah. Um, so yeah, oh, there, there, there are some good films. Out, there are some very good films out there, but it was just it just wasn't all fitting together this week for us to all go and watch a film um, that we were like massively excited about or thought would be really interesting. So we're doing a TV one. So actually, credit where credit is due. Steve decided because uh, I was I couldn't I didn't know what to do, and Steve said we should do a special on TV. So we are. So Steve, as it's your idea, you, you tell us what we're doing. Yeah, well, basically we'll do a quote quiz, but it could well be a couple of rounds this week of lyrics from TV theme tunes. Then briefly exciting. on, yeah, exciting times, and then um, quickly on to just a little brief one our favourite TV theme tunes, because there's so many that are, quite frankly, brilliant. Then our favourite comedy on television, and our favourite non-comedy and triple bill that you'll get in a couple of days will be our favourite film to television or vice versa uh, adaptations. And we've also got what we've been watching this week as well, in terms of television. Uh, What we've been watching on TV uh, for the first time, whether it's a new series out or whether it's a... uh, just something we're watching for the first time. Um, so yes, we'll start with the quote quiz, which this week is essentially a lyric quiz. Um, and there's there's two rounds this week. 
I've, I've forewent doing Bucky O'Hare's theme tune because I thought it <laughs> might be too, too easy because it does reference his name many times. Although a brilliant theme <laughs> tune in itself. So, uh, the first one, all I'll give you is Danger, watch behind you. There's a stranger. Jerry. Yes, Jerry. Danger Mouse. No. Damn. That seemed a bit too obvious, yeah. I'll start again. I'll back that yeah. back. Danger, watch behind you. There's a stranger out to find you. Uh, James, is it Beatles about? No. <laughs> <laughs> You've never danger in Beatles about. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. After the Savile, oh, uh, he looks pretty uh, sinister. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would not be surprised. Mm. I've no idea. No, it's uh, uh, Ducktales. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. exactly. So I think that puts me second, just closely behind Jerry. Now I think Jerry's on five. I'm on three. James is on two or three. Is it? I'm on two. And um, what's Owen on again? I've got, I've got two opportunities to lose this week. Yes. Here's the second opportunity. Think positive, Owen. Yes. Yeah. I want to lie shipwrecked and comatose. Wait, uh, Owen, yes. Owen. 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 <laughs> it's Owen. <laughs> oh, finally. He's got to get it right first. Yeah, Red Dwarf. Well done, Owen. Finally. Yeah. It, it's about time. <laughs> Yeah. I, I had that on cassette single when I was. I bet you guys don't remember cassettes, do you? I remember before you wanted to listen to them. I I, I remember. <laughs> I remember. Well, that shows two things, James. That's really embarrassing. Uh, one that you bought a TV theme tune on tape, and two, you're old enough to have bought tapes. Yeah. So I had mini discs as well. God, those were the days. <laughs> Why did anyone buy mini discs? It's just, it's just sort of a thing that skipped. <laughs> Everything <laughs> didn't happen. Oh no, mini discs were great. Um, yeah, mini discs anyway. were one of the most pointless inventions ever. It just seemed yeah. an irrelevant stopgap between CDs and MP3s. Yeah, no one knew it was going to be a stopgap <laughs> though. Was, oh my God, this is the future. Do you not it remember the, that one? The sold either. I never bought. I never bought an actual one. I only used them for like recording things off the radio and stuff. I'm taping is killing music kids. Well, let's let's stop talking about mini discs and wasting everyone's time. Yeah. Much like mini discs themselves. Like mini discs. Uh, yeah. Talking about Betamax next week, folks. Tune in. <laughs> and let's start off with what we're watching currently that's for the first time, whether new or not new. And we'll start with Owen, as he got a question right. Oh, yes, okay. Um... Yeah, I was toying uh, between picking one of two programs that I've started watching on Sci-Fi, the Sci-Fi channel. Um, first, I was thinking of picking Continuum, which is about a time-travelling cop, uh, but I didn't want to confuse Steve with all its sort of time-travel paradoxes. Is, 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 so. it, is it a new thing, or has it been going a while and it's on Sci-Fi now? It's a new thing, yeah. It yeah. started about two or three weeks ago, I think. Um, so, yeah, but instead I've picked um, The River, uh, which debuted this week um the first episode of the first and only series uh, it's created by michael uh perry who's the guy who did i think he's kind of known for two things one he did the spin-off of x files which was uh millennium which i don't know whether any of you saw and he uh has also sort of collaborated with oren pelly before as well so they both worked together on um 
Paranormal Activity. Uh, I think actually both of them work together on Paranormal Activity too together. So they've got kind of a bit of history there because Oren Pelly sort of helped create the river as well. Um, and if it wasn't enough that it was Oren Pelly attached to it uh, to draw me to watching it, it's also a TV series that's filmed entirely in a found footage format. So I was you know, quite intrigued by the uh, the concept there. But it's James booing in his head already. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I thought it was quite an interesting. What is the concept there? Okay, well, it's about... Um, okay, well, it's called The River because the plot focuses on um, a son and a mother whose father, who's played by Bruce Greenwood. Um, I don't know if you recognise... You might recognise his name. Yeah. Um, but he's kind of a cross between Steve Irwin and David Attenborough. And he does this television, he's a television star, films wildlife and goes to all these sort of extreme places. And he's got a catchphrase, which is there's magic out there. But he goes missing on the Amazon River. So after a search for him is called off after about six months, um, his son and his wife get money from a film crew uh, who want to document their search for um, for Bruce Greenwood. So they go off and looking for him. Um, but instead they find something a bit supernatural. So I'm not going to spoil what it is because that's sort of the conclusion of the first episode. But the, yeah, the first episode is basically set it up. So you know each episode is going to have, uh, it's going to continue an overarching theme, um, but it's also going to be like a self-contained story. But it's all shot like a documentary. Um, so it's, it's they're the filmmakers, they're filming everything, but it uses different kinds of uh, camera techniques. So it's got like the um, security footage that they've got in there as well, sort of mini handheld cameras and stuff. Uh, and some like recorded videos that they find as well, but it's all it's all sort of shot like a found footage film. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's got this this story to it, which I think is going to be moving along with each episode. Um, but, but it won't get. It, it seems like it's not going to get too hung up on it. Like you know, the middle few seasons of Lost just got kind of bogged down with very gradually moving along the overall story or like heroes did towards the end i guess yeah uh, definitely yeah but it's it seems like it's going to be more like x-files where it's got a story each episode but there is a there is a grander scheme at work you just get a decent story per episode so i was quite interested in that um yeah but i'm kind of slightly hesitant to recommend it to people though i mean one if you hate being footage films then stay away from it so james I don't think it's going to be. Let's I don't hate fan footage. My <laughs> my issue, yeah. and and this circumvents my main issue with fan footage films is it's documentary. So therefore, I believe that they would film loads of stuff. So that that's my main okay. issue with fan. So I'm, I'm fine with because I love mockumentaries. So I, I love like this is Spinal Tap and stuff like yeah. that. So anything that's filmed as a fake documentary, I've got time for. Well, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of shot by a documentary crew who are filming everything, but it isn't played yeah. out like um, yeah. a show or something like that. No, no, no. But, yeah. Like, um, Man Bites Dog is another one a bit like that, for a documentary crew following a serial killer. Um, yeah, and, and I love that film, so I'm not... Okay. You're not anti... I'm not anti... I'm, I'm anti... The, although it's, I find it quite interesting, the same guy who's done Paranormal Activity has also done this, and it does make me think... Does he sit down and go right? Okay, so what found footage thing can I do now? There's no one gone. <laughs> just, just, just write some dialogue for them. Go on, give it a go. Mm. Uh, but, uh, it, it, it's obviously his thing, and he loves it. Um, yeah. But he, is he pigeonholing himself a little bit? Maybe, maybe. It's. I mean, it plays like a supernatural horror. So mm. you know, it's kind of. Um, 
Or maybe he's just found a technique he enjoys. Maybe work. he needs to do a romantic comedy just to draw <laughs> his found footage ro- rom-com. <laughs> oh, hang on. I'm writing that. that. Hang on. That. Where's my pen? <laughs> yeah, that's a bit um, voyeuristic, I think. Found footage uh, rom-com. Be a bit weird. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to change your opinion on fame footage if you don't like fame footage. But, you know, if, you, if you're quite into this sort of documentary style. Is it, um, is it, is it a new programme? Yeah, it's new. Well, I mean, um, it's already aired in America earlier in the year. It was on ABC. But the other reason that I'm sort of hesitant to recommend it, actually, is because it was cancelled after eight episodes. <laughs> so the whole, the whole series has already been released on iTunes, but it's the first time it's been aired on TV. Yeah. Um, but apparently, it got quite good uh, reception on it. I mean, there was about, I think IMD has it about 6.7 out of 10, mm. something along those lines. So, you know, it got a fairly decent reception. It's just one of these, you know, in America, they don't make a lot of money straight away. Oh, good. yeah, they but, but they're, they're, you know, useless with the acts in America. Yeah. Oh, no, you course, think yeah. Family Guy got axed, for instance. So it's not necessarily a... I think Family Guy got axed twice, didn't it? And Terra Nova, I mean, that was brilliant and that <laughs> and got the cape, the cape yeah. got cancelled after eight episodes i fucking love that program um and falling and falling skies is in its third series so i mean i don't know how that works no. yeah <laughs> the american version of life on mars got cancelled pretty quickly as well i believe yeah. yeah thank goodness well i never even had any inclination to watch that i mean it's, no. like, it's like the american version has anybody watched the american version of shameless actually no, no, I've not. Although I've, I've half been tempted purely because it's got William H Macy in it, and I do love William H Macy. Yeah. But I've I've only ever watched one episode of the UK Shameless, so it did nothing for me. And God, I've, 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 no, I've, really I've like seen either. I've seen uh, just a, like a trailer for the American version of the Inbetweeners, and it seems like they've missed the point completely. <laughs> yeah, that looks horrible. It just seems it's like they. It just seems that it seems like they've missed the point of what an Inbetweener is. Yeah, and thus made it a terrible TV program. Not like yeah. it's going to be good anyway. Anyway, we can't detract it from what Owen was talking about completely. Um, yeah. so, so now we've done well, that. I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I haven't really got much else to say. For I'm going to stick with it for the duration, just because I think it was quite an interesting um, pilot episode. Um, but yeah, I can't really see it being everybody's cup of tea, to mm. be honest. But um, I'm going to stick with it. I thought it was quite interesting. Okay, um, James, what are you watching currently? Uh, yeah, this week I started watching on a DVD box set on the recommendation of my good wife. And that's the name of the program. <laughs> um, sorry, uh, it's called The Good Wife. I just made that up on the spot. Um, we could tell. No, no pun required, business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, basically, uh, she watched, she's been watching it for the last three series. It's been on for about three series. It's usually shown on Channel 4, I believe, but um, I've just picked up the box set cheap so I can. Go, she's gone back to watch it. I'm watching it for the first time. She always said she thought I'd like it, um, but I didn't watch it, A, because of the title, The Good Wife. What? Sounds a bit, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Sounds a bit like it's about a woman. What do I want to be watching that for? Um, and it's a legal drama. I thought I was a bit like Ali McBeal or something like that. Oh, I'm not going to watch that. But I've, I've started off really enjoying it. It is a kind of case of the week thing. And I like having one of these programs, which is kind of about procedure, like either be it legal drama or police thing, where I can get a self-contained story each week, get it solved by the end, um, but, but with a kind of more general story arc going on at the same time. I, I got into Lie to Me for a bit like that with um, Tim Roth. I don't know if anyone's seen that. I quite enjoyed that for a few series. Um, and, yeah, it's 
it's got stars Juliana Margulies, um, who a lot of people will remember her from ER, her time in ER, and she was uh, Nurse Carol Hathaway, who was the big love interest with George Clooney uh, as Dr. Dog Ross in his time in ER. So that was her big kind of big fame moment. Um, she's then been in a few... Ter- she was in Snakes on a Plane, um, for example. She was also in some terrible horror film about a ghost ship. I Owen, I, I for some reason, I'm... Is I'm, it called Ghost Ship? It, quite possibly, yeah. Um, it yeah. Might, I think it's got Ice Cube or someone in... Uh, yeah, terrible. So she... Um, yeah, she hasn't done much for a bit, but she came back and she did this. She plays um, Alicia Florick, who is the wife of a state's attorney who resigns due to financial and sex scandal. And so she has to go back to work. And she's been a stay-at-home mum for 10 years, has to go back to work to her old job as a litigator at a law firm and compete with all these young lawyers and stuff like that. The cases themselves are actually quite serious cases. It's not There's a bit of humour about it, but the cases are quite often kind of closely resemble real-life cases that have been about. Um, so there's that element. It is... if. It's got a really good cast, and I think the cast is what lifts it above just standard generic TV fare. Juliana is, is brilliant in it. It's got Chris Noth, who most people will know as Mr. Big from Sex and the City. Um, he plays her disgraced husband. Um, it's also got Josh Charles, who I loved in Aaron Sorkin's Sports Night, and I haven't seen him in much recently. And later on, uh, Alan Cumming comes into it as a regular guest star, as does Michael J. Fox. Um, who I still love watching in anything he's in. It's a yeah, it, it's a case of the week type program, but it's nice. It's forty five minutes. I can sit back and not worry too much about things. And yeah, so it, it's what I've been watching this week. I don't watch a lot of TV at the moment because I'm watching so many films now. Um, and this is one of the few things I picked up and thought I'm now three episodes in that I've watched this week. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I'm I'm definitely going to stick with it. I've had a look. It's not available on stream or anything like that. But I think Channel 4 might repeat it at some point. But yeah, it's it's a good, enjoyable courtroom drama type thing. And I expect it to get better. Good. Um, (laughs) And where, where can people watch that? Um, I got it off Amazon. Um, I got series one off Amazon for 12 quid. Um, or, I'm sure people can find it where they can, but it's not available for streaming. I think it might be on iTunes. Uh, Is it called again The Good Wife? The Good Wife, yeah. I'm probably never going to watch it. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> no, 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 no. What no, channel was it? Was it shown on a channel over It was on here, Channel or? 4. Yeah, it? it's, been, it's been on Channel 4 for the last three years. Um, yeah, so it, in America, they're about to start showing se- season four. It's one of those, if if you watch the pilot, you'll know whether or not you're going to watch the rest of it. Um, but yeah, it, it's like kind of, it's, it's a bit like cop drama and legal drama, uh, but it's a, it's a good one. So yeah, there's plenty of them around. Yeah, I'm not saying it's, there's, it's there's rare literally or original. Loads. Yeah, yeah, I'm not saying <laughs> it's it's rare or original, but um it's got very good, sharp writing and and a brilliant central performance from Juliana Margulies, who is very, very... Um, she, you just really root for her as a central character. Really nice, yeah. Is it because she's it's a good. woman struggling to succeed in a world dominated by men? Uh, it doesn't treat it like that, though, no, luckily. You would think that, and that would annoy me, to be honest. No, it, it a lot of it is more about age rather than gender, actually. And about being a parent as well. Um, so that 
resonates with myself. Okay, well, I've been watching, started watching two programs recently. One was Breaking Bad, one's The Thick of It, and by virtue of seeing more of The Thick of It than I have of Breaking Bad so far, I'll review or talk about The Thick of It, which oh, is a um, political comedy um, based around the Department of Social Affairs and Citizenship. Um, it stars Peter Capaldi as the brilliant Malcolm Tucker and other pe- other people, Chris Langham, um, Chris Addison, among others. But yeah, um, you I, you wouldn't have to like politics. I don't think many people like politics, so you don't have to like politics to to um, find it funny. But you've probably got to understand it a bit to find it funny. Where have you started watching it from then? Um, because obviously Series 4 is on TV at the moment. Yeah, you started I, from the beginning. I, yeah, I started from the beginning. I downloaded it on iTunes. I think it was about £7 for the first three series. That doesn't include nice. um, the, the spin-off uh, or the special in the loop. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the first three series. So yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah I haven't we're... seen In the Loop, but is In the Loop the one where they, like, they all play different characters? It's yeah, it's sort of yeah. It's, it's like Malcolm Tucker is still Malcolm Tucker. Um, I think is Ollie still called Ollie? He's still called loop. Ollie, but yeah, he's a different different he's character. Slightly different. He's an intern um, within the department or something. Yeah, it's yeah. Ba- Malcolm Tucker's the only one who is the same character. Right. Uh, but um, uh, Ollie and his uh, Ollie's still got his girlfriend. She's his girlfriend in In the Loop as well. Um, but yeah, uh, it, a lot of it is the same actors. Uh, it, it, you know, Just they use. Yeah. Oh, actually, um, Jamie is in in the loop as well, isn't he? He is. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Jamie. Yeah. Uh, so Jamie, the, the even more psychotic Scottishman, <laughs> is in the loop as well. But those two are the only ones that play literally the same character. But yeah, it's... the guy who's the the um. It, the one of the main characters in in the loop as well. He can he plays a completely different character. It, yes, he does. Yeah, uh, it could be. It's yeah. a, bit, a bit jarring to see him playing such yeah. a different character, but it's it's still brilliant in both. I think. Is it in in um? Do they call him the fucker? The fucker. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the series created by Armando Iannucci, and it's just yeah, it's it's really funny, and and um, Malcolm Tucker's one of the best characters I've seen in the sitcom for a long time. Mm. Of just his vicious yeah. rants at people. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. He, he is on. Oh yeah, he's been. So you're watching the series at the moment, then, Steve? With um, well, I think I've just started yeah, the, the third series. Actor. Yeah, um, Chris Langham. Chris Langham. Yeah, I, I've, I've finished him, and now um, the the one played by Rebecca Front. That's it. Yeah, she's just. She's I've, fantastic. I've just. I think Murray. I've just watched the yeah. second episode of series three. Okay. Um, oh yeah, no, I love that. Is series, it, so. series two is basically two special episodes. Isn't it's, it? it's for, yeah. for series yeah. one and two are three episodes long. Um, okay, but yeah, it's, it's, it was first on BBC Four, and it's just another one of those comedies that is so far much better than half the crap that gets on BBC Two and Three. Mm. Why have you tucked it away there where hardly anyone's yeah. going to watch it? Put it on something good. You know, put it on BBC. It did end up on BBC Two eventually, but you know, yeah. put it on BBC Two from the start. Don't hide it away on BBC Four just because it's about politics and it might not be popular. It probably will be. 
But if you think about yes, minister and stuff, they were massive mm. back in the day. So there is a, yeah. there's a precedent for it, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I I didn't get into it until just before series three started. I went back to watch the first two series because like I say because it was tucked away. I, and I've I've always really liked Armando Inucci, and I just somehow missed it because I used to love the uh, Friday Night Armistice and um, and uh, basically everything he's done on the hour, that kind of thing <laughs> as well. Um, and Partridge, of course. And Partridge, obviously, yeah. and the day to day, and um, yeah, uh, no, I, I love the thick of it. And Jerry, definitely watch In the Loop if you get a chance. It seems to be streaming in a lot of places now, anyway. So right. I'd, I'd definitely watch um, it if you get a chance. I mean, yeah, I was a late comer to, to to think of it as well. It was, I think, last year. My mate had watched on. He was just like, "Oh my god, have you not even seen it yet?" Right, what? Just just watched <laughs> it, and I kind of watched them obsessively. Um, it's one of those. It's a bit like crack, isn't it, Steve? Like yeah. episode, mm. it's just like I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what crack is like, Jerry. But um, <laughs> yes, what <laughs> TV program? Joke. What, what TV program have you currently been watching that remind you of crack, Sherry? Uh, none, actually. That was no. that was one of the things. It was quite difficult to not a new thing. Anyway, the last thing that was like crack was um, Life on Mars. Which yeah, and I missed it when it first came out, but we watched it on um, Love Film. Mm, it it was one of the only things I watched while I had Love Film br- briefly, and it is brilliant. I've not watched Ashes to Ashes yet, but Lo- Life on Mars was excellent. Yeah, it was superb. Although the t- the theme is possibly the most annoying thing, you know, the recurring "My name's the Ice and Tyler." Blah 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 blah. <laughs> Every friggin' time. Um, I've seen it. Yeah, I know. It's, it's kind of like if any of you watched, um, obviously Doctor Who doesn't have it, but if you watch Doctor Who on BBC America, if you were to watch it back on um, uh, Netflix or mm. Netflix US, it's got the it's got like an introduction from Amy Pond, and it's exactly like the DCI Sam Tyler bit. You think this is weird oh, listening to this? Yeah, every time. Yeah, I grew up waiting for this man in a time machine to come back it's like what this isn't oh, right Jesus. why do they need you just think are Americans really that dumb they need this little reminder well, of what they're watching every it's, week it's like when you watch the program like watch something that's been brought over from there and um, it's coming up like it's mostly in their reality ones where they say coming up after the break and then show you like a five minute version of the next 20 minutes yeah. and then they come back from the advert and then they go before the break and they show you what happened in 20 minutes but it's like <laughs> seriously did you, did you have a lobotomy during the advertising break the, the, what I think anyway. it's because they have such fucking long ad breaks isn't it yeah Every and they are so, so often when, well, I, when I was in yeah. America as well watching telly and you just really like and you can notice it watching the, an American TV program in England it's meant to be about three more ad breaks mm-hmm. in an hour long mm-hmm. show and you think yeah you get really yeah, weird yeah. To black stuff, yeah. Yeah. Places, yeah but anyway Jerry talk about life on Mars well, I wasn't going to talk about Life on Mars because it's it's quite old and it's been done. I was going to talk about a couple of things that I've watched recently that aren't that aren't as good. One that was good briefly, uh, which is Monroe, which I've sort of watched on and off uh, over the last few years because um, not particularly out of my own choice, but because my girlfriend and her family have sort of watched it and I sort of fell into watching it, and it's it's quite good. It's about a brain surgeon, it's James Nesbitt. He's a sort of grumpy. Um, grumpy but well-meaning uh, brain surgeon in the same way as I believe House is and I believe um, you know that that's a similar kind of 
idea in that, you know, you sort of like him even though he's a bit of a dick. Um, sort so of like Dr. Cox in Scrubs, you know, that kind of thing. Does he does he play um, by no one else's rules but his own? Um, almost, but not quite that extreme. I think they've tried not to be too derivative about it. It's quite good. It's moderately good. It's not brilliant. It's not mind-blowing. It's just it's just all right. It's quite good. It's quite engaging, but it's nothing nothing fantastic. And this week I also watched. thought I'd try and talk about something new. Um, I watched an episode of Moon Boy, which is the oh, yeah. new program on Sky, um, written by Chris O'Dowd out of the IT crowd. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we're going into movies, he was in Bridesmaids. He was the cop in Bridesmaids. I'm trying to think, has he done anything else? He was in um, uh, Parents, uh, Friends with Kids that I went to see earlier this year as well. It was all right. And he was... Yeah, he had, a re- he had a New York accent in that, and it really threw me. It was a very good New York accent, but I'm so used to his Irish accent. Is it kind of like seeing, um, his name, Andrew Lincoln, the, his sort of southern uh, American yeah, yeah. accent in The Walking <laughs> Dead? You, yeah. You see him in yeah. Teachers and you see him in that, you're like, what? Hmm. That's weird. Yeah, it's got him in anyway. Um, and it's like a set, it's about a 12 year old boy um, in Ireland. In the late 80s, uh, I think the episode I watched him, it, it was the Berlin Wall was on the news. So it was 89, I think. Um, and it's sort of semi autobiographical and it's some small part of Ireland. And it's about a lad going to school and sort of growing pains and all that kind of thing. And I think, uh, Chris O'Dowd co-wrote it and he also stars in it as the kid's imaginary friend, right? Um, basically it should be good. I didn't really like it. I'm a massive Father Ted fan, and I'd heard, oh, it's the new Father Ted. So I was like, oh, great. This sounds great. I love, I love Father Ted. No, nothing like it. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, good it was, it's like a spin-off of those Christmas special things they did, isn't it? Um, um, from Sky. Yeah, what was it called? Um, the, like Christmas Crackers. Little things. Crackers, yeah. Little Crackers, it. yeah. Sky, Sky Atlant, well, Sky are churning out a lot of, of British-made comedy at the moment, and, and none of them seem to be any good. No, I was going to say, Kudos to him for sort of, I think as well, it's filmed in rural Ireland, which obviously is a bit of a boost, and it's quite brave of them to sort of commission and, and get, get things filmed in sort of not necessarily mainstream filming and production areas, you know? And also someone like Chris O'Dowd, who I think is, is probably going to be around for a long time, and sort of helping him develop as a writer as well as just as a, mm. as a comedic actor. It's to be admired, but it's just a bit shit, really. It's got, it's got cameos in. Johnny Vegas was in the episode I saw. Uh, I believe Steve Coogan's had a bit of a doing it and things like that. But it just uh, it just wasn't very funny. It was, you could see where it was trying to be funny, and you were just sat there like, "No, you have to do a bit better than that." Really, should have just spoke about Life on Mars, really. Yeah, <laughs> Life on Mars is great. If you haven't seen it, yeah. go watch that. Brilliant. Yeah, is Ashes? To, has anyone seen Ashes to Ashes? Because I saw the first episode and it turned me off. Massively. No, but I've heard it got loads better. I've heard, I've heard it's good, but not as good as Life on Mars. Um, but it's got the holes in it, so yeah, yeah. Oh, I love Keely Holes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, are and, you, you with me on that, then, are you, Jerry? We well, gotta be a bit creepy now. Oh yes, but I didn't want yeah. to go into a sort of weird, fancy <laughs> thing about it. You know. Yeah, well, well I've, I've spoken about Fastbender and Hardy in a lot of tones like that, so I'm just trying to reassert my masculinity now. Anyway, let's now let's now move on to what is our favourite television comedies, and uh, let's start. Let's go reverse order. So let's start with Jerry. Okay, 
Now, this is probably not going to be the most popular opinion I've ever had on this program, <laughs> um, but it's The Office, but not the UK version. Mm. I do love the UK version, don't get me wrong, it's absolutely fantastic and it's, it's brilliant, but the US version basically became a much longer run show, you know, I think it's into eight or nine series now, and it's it's taken on a life of its own. The first series was, was and particularly the pilot, was just a pure copy the, of the, the English the, version. The pilot yeah. was a, a, a pretty much shot-for-shot shot 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 yeah. copy of the first episode of the, um, well, the original Office. Yeah, um, and, it, and I think that put a lot of people off. You know, I think mm. people saw it and just thought, "Well, what's the point?" But it, it actually become a really, really good show in its own right. I think it's one, probably the best. So, well, there's a lot of them that I could have chosen, but I thought it needed a bit of love because I don't think it gets the the respect and the attention it gets no. over here. It, you know, it's massive in America. It's mm. Really, really big. yeah. It's it's what well, it's in its eighth series now, and um, nine. it's ninth, ninth at the moment. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Michael Scott, a character played by Steve Carell, has left. Sorry, spoilers, whatever. Not bothered. Um, but yeah, it, it certainly sort of dies off after a point. Like the, but it's it, in its prime. It is really good. I wouldn't say it's anywhere I, near. I take a bit of it. I actually, th- I still think it is a very good program I've... at the moment. It's not quite at its peak. It's. I think it's past its peak. But I haven't seen it since Michael left. So, um, um, I, I wouldn't say it's anywhere near as good as the UK. Or the original version. It's like it's, this is like talking about Ronaldo and then the Brazilian one, and people calling him <laughs> Fat Ronaldo, and it's really I don't like that. Anyway, yeah, um, but it's it's certainly good. It's certainly you know it's not terrible. It's, it's not a bad adaptation. Some of the characters in it, it's you know, very very different. Mm, actually, it, it, it is. I think it's very. It's it is its own beast. It is different, um, but with the same kind of characters. Like Michael Scott is the same kind of character as David Brent and Jim. But he's he's Americanized. You yeah. know, he's not sort of irredeemable. He's, he's nicer. Um, he's a bit more stupid. Um, he's Jim, a bit more ridiculous. But Jim and but he, Jim he and Tim relationships are, with his with his employees yeah. all, as well. And Brent did. But he's got longer That's, to yeah, do it. You've got longer to see it, haven't you? Yeah. That. And that's another reason the show is very different. Mm. Is that, um, you know, it, it's you can tell it's written by a team of writers. Mm. Um, it's it, they've been able to build up the characters more. All the minor characters in the U.S. office are far more realised as characters than the minor characters in the U.K. office. But, the minor characters in the U.K. office didn't really have but that's, but that's, that much. But to that's do. down to having down to them having more time to. Oh yeah, yeah, but, that, oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why this is different. But for example, Creed in the US office mm. is one of my favourite minor characters yes. in television I history of all time. I and it's, and, and the best thing about it is his real name is Creed Bratton as well. Yeah. Uh, I think I think a lot of them I think a lot genuinely of, like them. I think a lot of the actors actually, if you if you go through the credits, a lot of the actors yeah. their first names and their characters' first names are yeah. the same. I think we yeah. noticed that somewhere. Because um uh, not Meredith, um Oh, who's married to Bob Vance? Um, Phyllis. Phyllis. Phyllis was a was um she was on she was meant to be casting it, and they said we want you to be in it. So some of them actually weren't professional actors in the same way that mm. on the UK office they used complete unknowns, and, basically extras, and then started giving them lines. Phyllis was uh, worked for the casting team and then ended up in it for nine series, which I think is wonderful. I think one of the other great things about it is that the people who are on it, the stars of it, have started directing. Uh, yeah. writing episodes like you've got um, B- is BJ Novak who yeah. Yeah. plays um, the Royal. soldier who lasts to the end in Inglourious Bastards yeah. yeah. um, whose name I can't remember yeah. and 
he's you know he's directed he's written a lot of them and he's really come out in his own right and Mindy Kaling as well who plays um, oh, she's brilliant yeah um, Kelly yeah Kelly, thank you, Kelly Kapoor. Yeah, she's um, she's brilliant, and she's doing a lot of stuff on her own now. And I think she's, she's got her own show on Fox yeah. now, the Mindy Kaling Project. Yeah, and she's really good. I think she's got real talent as a writer, and it's great that sort of these people start as you know minor characters mm. in a, a program, and now they're being able to produce their own stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, and and develop like that. So it, it deserves a lot of credit in that regard. But I think the characters, as you say, the ensemble mm. cast is actually brilliant mm. now. I mean, I Jim and used enough, but they're, they're brilliant now. Jim and Tim are essentially the same character in each, but but Dwight is a is a vastly more exaggerated version of Gareth, and is still yeah, brilliant. And I, yeah, I put and I as a character again, I've had more time to get to know him. I prefer Dwight, mm. I do, and I I love Gareth. Yeah, in his way, um, <laughs> but no, Dwight is a brilliant character. Um, yeah, and there's just so many great episodes that I can't even begin. I think the one that really stands out for me um, was the the one that I will actually sometimes just go and stick on now because it's on Netflix US um, is the one where they find the completed film of a uh, threat level in midnight. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Michael Scott <laughs> film, and that is just that. That half an hour of television is almost perfection for me, um, and but it's also a real gift for the fans as well because it had like characters coming back that haven't been in it for ages. Um, yeah, it, I, that was such brilliant television, and I'm with Jerry. I, I think it hasn't had a lot of love over in this country, and I think it really does deserve it. I think as well. The other thing about it is sort of it's more than the UK version. It has the ability to sort of touch you and particularly in terms of michael as opposed to brent there are moments when he's re- you know you you get really emo- he, there's emotional attachments mm. there and there's moments where he, he connects with characters and it's actually goes a lot further and you think oh actually this is this isn't just a comedy you know it becomes a real sort of drama at times as mm. well and some of the storylines get really personal it's, it's, and they get really emotional and mm. well i mean as well as that they've had you know, in the UK version, they had two series and a Christmas special to sort to sort out Tim and Dawn. Um, in America, they obviously realised the series was going to go on for longer than two series or seasons, as it is in America, and they had to stretch out the 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 Jim and Pam storyline for longer, and and they did that quite well without it becoming boring and tedious. Yeah, and, and, and because and because like, everyone know every, because of the UK version, everyone knew what had happened with those two. Everyone knew that it was going yeah. to come to the same conclusion somehow. But they're, they're you know, and we've grown up with that, you know, their relationship, their marriage, and everything. Um, what they've done, what they've been able to do in America is they've been able to go into that relationship further and take it further. I, I think it's very, despite the fact that they are the same program, it's almost impossible to compare the UK and US office because they are. All they share is a very, very the same beginning, but the way they went off is in completely different directions. But David Brent makes a cameo in the US office. He does, yes, yeah, <laughs> and and he's and he's brilliant. So yeah, the the last thing I was oh, and Catherine Tate's actually good in it. Yeah, well, she is as well. Good. Which really surprised me. And James Spader is really good as well. Oh, James Spader is fantastic in it. Yeah, and the last thing, if you are ever in New York. Uh, for whatever reason, go to the NBC shop and there is tons and tons and tons of office memorabilia and then there's just fantastic amount of stuff. There's, you know, you can get like the warehouse shirts, you can get all, all sorts. I have, I'm currently looking at the Dwight bobblehead that I have sat on yeah. my desk 
uh, and I've got a t-shirt that says Bears beats Battlestar Galactica on it, which I'm wearing it in, in the airport in, in New York. Some guy just, I was walking past and he was just staring at me and then I heard him go to his wife, how cool was that guy's t-shirt? <laughs> that's, that's when you know you made it in life. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, on to my favourite comedy then, and it could have been run close, my winner, by Peep Show and by Phoenix Knights and by probably one or two others that I'm forgetting and by South Park. But my winner is The Office, the original version. Oh, wow. <laughs> Look at that. Kind of crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously written by Ricky Gervais and Stephen Merchant, and it is just... I could quote it endlessly, and me and my friends probably have quoted it endlessly. It's just got. Well, I think we did not too long ago as well, yeah. Steve. I think yeah. we just did Sydney Poitier bit for a while. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just hilarious all the way through, and both awkward, kind of funny, and just laugh out loud funny. David Brent is one of the best comic creations ever. Yeah, I mean, I um, kept quite quiet during Jerry's bit just then because. Um, I've only seen the first series of the American US office, mm. but I actually, I really loved the uh, original UK version, but I haven't seen it probably since it finished on TV. I, I watch it but quite I, often and it's got so I'll many good episodes year. like the, um, like the, um, the staff training episode where Brent goes home and gets his guitar. Get the guitar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, my but, mate, uh, revealed to me when we were on a train not a few months back that he actually has that song on his iPod. <laughs> you can download all the songs from the office, yeah. and he has one, and he has a version featuring Noel Gallagher. Yeah, yes. he, he, yeah, I've got that. Yes, free, no, yeah, definitely. And um, free love, free and, uh, If you don't know me by yeah. now, which I still, if I hear, if I hear either Simply Reds or the original version of If You Don't Know My Now, which is the um the single that David Brent puts his redundancy mm. money into making a video mm. releasing for those who don't remember. Um, Are these uh, all on your goes, uh, mini disc? James. Yes. <laughs> uh, but the, when he goes, if you don't know me, um, I, I will sometimes just walk past my wife and do that. And, <laughs> and, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, just just, uh, just uh, two I, series yeah. of, you know, it didn't go on too long. It didn't jump the shark. It no. didn't, you know, and, yeah. and the, Chris, it's, it's the Christmas kind of like special. Faulty towers yeah, in that the Christmas sense. specials. Two series and, yeah. The Christmas specials were a great way to round it off with, with especially with Tim and Dawn actually getting together mm-hmm. and Brent's kind of redemption telling. Oh, yeah. You know, you, you, you made, to, you made, yeah, you made to dislike Brent throughout the whole two series, but then you want him to win over Finchie. Yeah. And when he chose Finchie to. He didn't really want to make Gervais a likable character with the Christmas special. He was very reluctant to go that way because yeah. he liked having left it as just having him as a complete arsehole. Yeah. yeah. But even at the end of series two, when he's begging for his job, yeah. you're on his side at that mm. point. It's just oh, when he tells oh, Finchie to. Because Finchie is an absolute arse. And when he just tells him to fuck off, it's. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, and brilliant. Do you know what? The, um, the quiz episode, which yeah. I think is in series one. Um, yeah, Finchy in that episode. Yeah. I just want to punch And when it gets to the end and they throw Tim's stuff yeah. on the root and it's just, it's horrible. I've thrown a um, kettle over a pub. What have you ever done? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but the, the, and the great thing about the office is, you know, we can relate to it more because it is a very mm. English program. I, and th- I think that's the idea though. A isn't... menial office job. Knows every single I th- one. Of I think. Characters. I think. Yeah. I think in the the UK one, you're meant to relate to Tim. Most people are meant to relate mm. with Tim, 
being in a, a kind of soulless crap yeah. job that they don't want to be in, surrounded by very few people they actually like, but they've got the tolerance. Yeah. But you can always relate someone else, you know, to Brent, can't you? It's just that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Place and we all know a Gareth. Yeah. You know, and we all know a, you know, um, thingy from the accounts. <laughs> I can't remember his name now. Keith. It's you and Macintosh in real life. I just can't remember his actual name. Big fat guy. Yeah, Keith. Uh, uh, shit. What's his yeah. name? Keith. Oh, that's terrible. Keith. Keith. Yeah. Keith. Um, yeah. We all know someone like that. We all know a Finchie. Mm. Um, and yeah, it is, it's just, it's hard. And we've all been in those training, when he does the motivational training <laughs> session, he comes in to simply the best playing on the portable <laughs> CD player. It's, it's brilliant. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's The Office and The Office US from me and Jerry. James, what is your favourite comedy? Okay, this is where I'd fly without notes here, just, you know, for the first time ever. It's worrying. Um, I... Yeah, well, people see you, they see the suit, they go, you're not fooling anyone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're wrong. Yeah, I, I find it really difficult to pin down my very favourite comedy. Um, so I've gone for my favourite comedy since Arrested Development. Um basically because I think anyone who listens to this, if they've not already watched Arrested Development, I'm slightly concerned about them. And everyone knows someone who's told them they should watch Arrested Development, so I'm not going to bang on about how amazing Arrested Development is. Um, and Arrested Development was my favourite uh, comedy since Seinfeld. Uh, and again, I'm not going to bang on about Seinfeld because I, I, there's a programme that I have so much love for at the moment. I want more people to watch it. It's called Community. I don't know if any of you have watched Community. I, no, I've been trying to find someone that streams it and I can't, but yeah. I do want to watch it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've, got, I've got it on... Um, the, the first two series are now available for about a tenner on DVD from Amazon and you can find it. Not that I condone it in... Your usual places online, that's all I'll say. Um, it's, it's an NBC program. It's a part of the same comedy lineup, um, on a Thursday night as The Office US and Parks and Rec and 30 Rock. Um, the community is about, um, a, a college, uh, community college. So it's like, um, rubbish persons university in America. Um, it's called Greendale. And it's about seven, uh, hang on, I'm now counting, seven, yeah, misfits, um, who end up to get, it, it sounds like a really cheesy American sitcom. Oh, look at these seven misfits who have all ended up in the same community college class. And it's about their, their lives and their trials and tribulations and stuff like that. But it is some of the finest, sharpest comic writing I have seen in a very, very long time. The thing that really, really makes me love it and makes me think our listeners will love it as well is the amount of references that go on. I haven't seen a um, comedy as referential as this since Spaced. Okay, Basically, every third or fourth joke is a reference to some other media. Quite often, there will be layer upon layer of meta reference going on in this. There is just so much going on. Um, there's a one character called Arbed, who is uh, an American Iranian guy who only relates to people through television. And he keeps talking about how their relationships are exactly as a relationship would be in a sitcom. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's just, that's very, very base level 
then what happens is you get whole episodes based on certain parodies or homages to um, certain genres. Very early on, I think it's in series one, there's an episode called Modern Warfare. Each episode is named after a class, basically, um, which is um, there's a paintball competition on campus and it just turns into an action film for half an hour. It's amazing. And at one point, one of the characters says, come with me if you don't want to get paint on you, which is uh, <laughs> that's when I fell in love with the program. At that point, there are Terminator references. There are alien references. There's a zombie episode. Um, their Halloween episode is a zombie apocalypse episode, <laughs> and they do full-blown zombie apocalypse, that's, that's which is in, awesome. That's Owen signed up. Yeah, yeah. that's just what you sold as well. Um, <laughs> there is then in series two they revisit the paintball theme and do it as a two-parter and do one half as a western and the other half as star wars um there is oh in series three they do an episode in 8-bit computer graphics um there is no other comedy that is going which is going to do oh um their christmas special in series two was um claymation entirely claymation it takes so many risks which is why it's having problems getting a fourth series. It's filming a fourth series at the moment. It suffers in the same way that Arrested Development suffered. The other, um, in the, it's, it's too clever to find a mass audience, I think. Um, who, other great who, 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 it's a guy called Dan Harmon who, um, has been around for a little while, but this is his real baby. Um, he actually went back to community college when he was out of work and that's where he came across this. It stars, it's got Chevy Chase in it. Chevy Chase being funny for the first time in God knows how long. Possibly uh, he ever. He's basically a racist, ignorant old man. Um, and he's brilliant. Uh, it's also got Alison Brie, who is Pete Campbell's wife in Mad Men, if anyone watches uh, Mad Men. Also, if anybody has, uh, remembers the five year engagement. Yes, she was, was on, um, Emily's on this day when I came home in my house. And, we're so much respect for Alison Brie's English accent in that. That's probably the finest American doing an English accent in a long, yes. long time. Yes, she's, yeah. And, um, she, yeah, so she's in this, brilliant in it. Um, Joel McHale plays Jeff Winger, who is the, basically the main character. He's a disgraced lawyer who faked his degree and has to go back to community college to get his degree. That's what starts it off. It's also got, um, Ken Yong who most people know as the small Asian guy from The Hangover. Um, he, he plays a Spanish teacher called Senor Chang, um, <laughs> who is just incredible as well. It's hugely offensive at times. Um, I, I, I just, I cannot just tell people how much they should watch. Like I say, if you love movie, it's written by someone who loves movies and loves TV and loves referencing them in everything that they do. If that, if you like spaced, it's like an American version of spaced in that sense. And that you, you can watch it back four or five times and still see different references. There's so many layers to it. And the American program reminds me most of is Arrested Development, which is also, if you've not seen Arrested Development, what's happened to you is it's on Netflix, um, for free. Watch Arrested Development as well. I just need to get that. <laughs> plug in there as well but yeah that there you go that's that's my comedy that i really want people to go out and watch ken, okay. do you know my favorite fact about ken uh is it jong his name yeah uh he's a he's a qualified doctor you know he was a doctor before he was <laughs> comedy yeah like harry hill huh? yeah he, he was just doing like open mic things and someone spotted him and told him to huh. get into theater and stuff so he started doing that and then he got on various programs and 
that's the end of it. What, what a guy. There we go. Uh, Owen, your favourite comedy? Um, well, actually, I didn't pick my favourite comedy. Um, <laughs> I slightly bent the rules a little bit. I picked a comedy I think deserves a bit more attention. Because um, I could have picked anything from, you know, anything that Steve Coogan's done, basically. Um, could have picked stuff like The Fast Joe. But I, I wanted to pick something else that, like I say, maybe not underrated, but more kind of underappreciated. I think that's what me and James went for as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've gone for, I don't, actually, I don't know whether any of you guys have seen it, but Catterick. I've never heard of it. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. It's a BBC, um, comedy by Vic and Bob. So what's the, what's the forum? Oh, actually, yes, yes. I, I've, I've not seen it, but now, now I know what you're talking about. Uh, okay. Brilliant. Um, <laughs> because it, it's very much in their style of humor. Um, so if you, if you, if you like Vic and Bobby, then it's brilliant. It's got some of their kind of recurring characters that they used to do on the, the sort of the sketch shows, the smell of the reason. Smell of. Yeah. I, I used to watch Vic Reeves' Big Night Out yeah. like, when it was on properly television. That's how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it on VHS somewhere. My God. Got... Is this the one where he has like a pedo beard? Is that is that the one I'm thinking he, of? He, well, he plays Chris Palmer, who's, yeah, it's a bit, bit of a woolly beard kind of character. Yeah. But he's a bit... Strange. I just remember some series where he had a pedo beard, but I never watched it. Unless... Pedo beard. Well, you'd have to kind of clarify exactly what you mean by pedo beard. Well, but... he, he looks like a pedo. That's the only best <laughs> I can describe it. His beard makes him look like he molests children. It's not the beard, uh, the beard that molests children. Is that what we're saying? It's not an actual <laughs> it's not... pedo beard. Yeah, just it's like the kind of beard that someone sounds like. Sounds like the plot. Up. Sounds like a plot to a Stephen King film that never got made. <laughs> Probably a Dean R. Coons book. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but he does have a beard in it. But he plays a few different characters. So as, as well as um, Chris Palmer, he plays um, D.I. Fowler, who you probably, if you've seen his older stuff, will probably know. He's got like the cotton ball things shoved in his mouth and he used to be yeah. in like a club and stuff. Yeah, so it's got a lot of these kind of recurring characters, but it's, it's based, basically about um, uh, Bob's character, who's an ex-soldier. He's, quite, he's just returned from uh, duty and he's trying to find his long-lost... Uh, son who's about four years old I think or quite young yeah four years old it says here on Wikipedia he's four years old so he's four years old um, but he's, it's then it's kind of got a lot of other quite famous British comedy actors in it so Reese Shearsmith is in it who um, plays this kind of psychopath called Tony who's robbed a um, car dealership uh, and Vic uh, no sorry yeah Vic and Bob Chris and Carl is this Reese Shearsmith the guy from the gentleman He's yeah. from the League of Gentlemen, yeah. yeah. He's the, the, little the little one. Yeah. But he's um he was really good at playing these sort of deranged characters and he's just brilliant in this as um as Tony. It's got so, so many funny lines in it as well. Um <clears throat> but yeah, basically Vic, as he always does with anything with Vic and Bob in it, he steals the show really. He's, he's in all like the, the funniest scenes and he has all the, the funniest lines and stuff. Um but yeah, it's brilliant. It's um I don't know where you can get hold of it online anymore. I know it's on like DVD, so you could probably find it on like Amazon or eBay or something. But I just think it's hilarious. I've I've met a few people who've seen it, and everyone I know who's seen it has loved it. But I haven't met many people who've actually seen it. So I just thought it deserves a bit of um, bit of a push and a, a recommendation. Okay. Uh, well, before we go on to, um our favourite non-comedies. Quickly, one word, favourite TV theme tune, Owen. 
the wire. Jerry? The Office US, because it's my ringtone. There you go. James? Magnum PI. And for me, it's the theme tune to Cheers. Nice. Special oh, Littlest Hobo. Littlest Hobo. Change mine to Littlest Hobo. Right. <laughs> Uh, yes, favourite non-comedy is uh, James. Okay, yeah, non-comedy. Um, I've probably spoken about Aaron Sorkin on here quite a lot in the past. Aaron Sorkin has never done anything wrong in my eyes. I've just finished watching the newsroom on Sky Atlantic, but um, my favourite ever non-comedy, uh, probably my favourite ever TV show, is The West Wing. And I just want to quickly talk about The West Wing. Um it basically tells the story of a two-term Democratic president, uh, Jed Bartlett, Josiah, uh, Jebediah, Jebediah Bartlett, uh, played by Martin Sheen, best president ever. Uh, he is, I learned, I laughed. Uh, it, the great thing about the West Wing, actually, is it, A, it taught me a lot about US politics, uh, which is actually very interesting. Everything I know about US politics I got from the West Wing and the Daily Show. Uh, that's that's all I need to know about the US political process. Um, taught me some Latin, uh, post hoc ergo propter hoc. Can anyone know what that means? Come on, a bit of Latin. No, go on. Uh, it means after this, therefore because of this. Um, and it is the idea that in and what was happening in this episode was that people were saying, oh, oh, look, this happened after you did something. So therefore, the thing that you did is the reason it's happened. And there's a great Simpsons episode where they talk about the bear tax, I think it is. Uh, but anyway, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent there. It taught me Latin. Um, it taught me about filibusters and uh, filibustering and stuff like that. Oh, the filibuster episode was actually used in my A-level politics. The Stackhouse filibuster. Yes. Oh, it's such a great episode. They used it as a teaching aid. That's awesome. Um, It did actually, um, there were a number of Clinton aides who were like political consultants for the programme. So they did speak to people who were heavily involved in this. Um, As well as Martin Sheen, quite interesting, Martin Sheen never, the president was originally not ever going to be shown in the programme. It was going to be about the people around the president. Then Martin Sheen, he came in at the end of the pilot and everyone loved him so much that they had to make him a major character in it. Um, but the, the rest of the cast, you've got Bradley Whitford, who we saw earlier this year in The Cabin in the Woods. And at the time I said Bradley Whitford should be in more things and he really should be. He's fantastic. But Rob Lowe is great as the idealistic speech to Sam Seaborn, um, Alison Janey, probably a bit bad. I really fancy Alison Janey as CJ Park, as CJ Craig in um, in this program. I can't help it. Um, John Spencer, sadly no longer with us, but John Spencer plays uh, Leo, uh, Leo McGarry, the chief of staff, who is the the wisdom behind the whole program. Um, it tackles it tackles uh, issues that. A lot of actually a lot of US programs weren't tackling it at the time. They reco- recorded a special episode three weeks after the attacks of 9/11, which actually spoke about why people might attack America, which is incredibly brave um, television, uh, considering the political tensions that were going on in the country at the time. And it's just a I think it shows you that it was one of the most popular programs in the country at the time that they were even able to do that. Um, 
but there's so much you can find out about the West Wing on there. I just want to tell people if you haven't watched the West Wing, it's not streaming anyway. You'll have to buy the DVDs for cheap. I'm afraid I've been like that all episode, and I apologise. But if you haven't seen the West Wing and you have any interest whatsoever in either politics or just damn good television, then you should watch that and then go and watch everything else Aaron Sorkin has ever written. Right. Well, my favourite. My pitch. My favourite non comedy TV programme of all time, run extremely close by The Sopranos, is Band of Brothers. Nice. Good uh, choice. Um, made by um, Steven Spielberg, one of the best things that he's ever done, um, and probably one of the last good things he'd done, because he went severely downhill recently, as we discuss often on this podcast. But anyway, yeah, it tells the story of... Um, a certain, well, easy company of the airborne 501st infantry, um, in World War Two. It's, what makes it good is it, it's, uh, heavily involved the actual, the, the, it's based on true story, real people, and it heavily involves those people in the program. If you look into the, into the extras on the DVDs, you see how much they were involved in sort of, the actors creating the characters and, and getting it right and, and them getting, you know, what happened as, as correct as possible. And at the beginning of each episode, you have people who were in the regiment, who are in that, you know, company talking about what happened, which sets each episode up nicely. And there's no, it's, it's in my opinion, faultless television. There's nothing bad I can point out about it. There's brilliant acting performances in there, um, especially from Damien Lewis as, as, uh, Richard uh, Winters and um, from Donnie Wahlberg and I can't remember the name of the character that he played but you know, like I said in my opinion faultless television nothing wrong with it at all also brilliant for spotting now huge actors yeah lo- lots of um, actors that weren't massive then but are massive now I mean you've got Fassbender Simon Pegg um, I think Tom Hardy was in it Tom as well Tom Hardy's in it yeah um, James McAvoy's in it yeah um there's loads of them. If you, there's yeah. like a full list somewhere online. Yeah, Stephen Graham's in there. Um, yeah. Some guy who was in the Renford Rejects and has done nothing since was quite a major part in there, which I quite liked. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I said, brilliant television. If you haven't watched it, it's only 10 episodes long, uh, about 45 minutes an episode, and you won't regret watching it. Charles, they had, they had a really cheap copy of the Band of Brothers book. Yeah. Um, yeah, just absolutely fantastic. Um, hello, hello, hello. Sorry, I got disconnected. Then I think no. You were like, talking over Steve on my version. Yeah, was I? Oh it, no, it just went really quiet. So I was talking. Oh, you, sorry, you said something <laughs> about a book, and that was about it. Oh, sorry. Yeah, never mind. I was just going to say I bought the Band of Brothers book, so I was going to read the book before watching the TV series. Yeah. But I still haven't bothered reading the book, so I haven't seen the TV. Um, read, read the book gives a, a brilliant insight into the actual TV program and the characters. Some of the casting as well. When you first heard that uh, Ross from Friends was going to be in it, you thought that's going to be rubbish, and it wasn't. He pl- he played the character brilliantly. He was very good. Yeah, mm. yeah, as a kind of really disliked. Um, I think that was the last time he did anything good as well, wasn't it? I think it was the last time he did anything. Um, he was in. He was very good in the uh, finale of Curb Your Enthusiasm Series 4. 
There we go. There's no one watched Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm just trying to remember. So. <laughs> it, it, it was the producer's musical. He ends up as Larry's co-star in The Producers after Ben Stiller yeah, um, quits. And yeah, David Shaw was very good in that. There you go. There we go. Band of Brothers. If you haven't watched it, get it watched. I'd probably watch it once a year and it's just, you know, as good each time. Um, and Spears is one of the best characters ever. Uh, yes. Yeah, so actually one more thing on that. Um, yeah. Saving Private Ryan isn't as good to me ever since I watched Band of Brothers. I remember seeing Saving Private Ryan the first time and being blown away. And obviously the first 20 minutes is still is amazing every time you watch it and just you are watching complete silence but um band if band of brothers just feels just so much Mm. weightier and obviously because it's got 12 hours to explore its story um but now i find it difficult to watch saving private right saving private run actually feels almost Mm. a little bit lightweight because Mm. i've seen band of brothers now and i tell you what if you can get to that final episode when they're all all the old men you find out who they are, and they start oh, talking God, about yeah. it. You can get to that, mm. and you're not moved. You are Espe- dead. This is yeah. especially the bit where, um, it's, I think it's the only time in the little bits before and after where they actually get Winters to talk. And he said that mm. he he was sent a letter by somebody else who was in the in Easy Company, um, and they said the name, but I can't remember now. And his his grandson said to him, "Granddad, were you a hero during the war?" And he said, "No, but I served in a company full of heroes." And you think, oh, that's brilliant. How do people well, think he up? Died last year. Yeah. How how do people think up stuff like that to say on the spot? It sounds he's like, an absolute legend. You, you do it every week on here, Steve. I I know, I, but I'm you know <laughs> I'm a I'm a cut above really. Yeah. Um, right, Owen, what is your favourite non-comedic? television program of all time ever uh, the wire but i'm not going to talk about the wire because <laughs> everyone you could just i mean it's just one of the biggest programs of wire you what seriously <laughs> i got five Jesus. episodes in i got a bit bored uh, uh, no <laughs> i'm gonna watch it again though i'm gonna i'm gonna try again but... it is one of those programs you have to give it a, a couple episodes yeah, no. it, it took me about two or three five is there's something wrong with uh, it do you know what it was it was the scene where they're, they're trying to get a desk from one room to another and they're both pushing. I didn't find it funny at all. And they pissed themselves. I was just like, what is that? The joke? That, that's the one that, that's when I went, oh God. <laughs> so okay. I, I know, I, I know it's my problem. I'm not blaming the program. It's my problem because everyone else tells me how amazing it is and I will watch it again, but I've not seen it. So don't spoil it too much for me. Oh, you're not going to talk about it anyway. So what are you going to talk okay. about though, Owen? I, I'm going to talk about another show that was very short lived and got cancelled after the first series. Um, and but it's a HBO series as, as well. It's uh, I don't know whether any of you have seen it actually. I'll be surprised if you have because it's another one of these that I really enjoyed, but I can't find anyone to talk to about it because no one else has it. It's not about zombies. Um, it's called John from Cincinnati. I've heard of it. Heard of That's it. Okay. I don't even know what it's about. Though. It's it's about John re- from Cincinnati, James. Obvious. <laughs> gotcha. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> but. It, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I almost picked it for my favourite theme tune as well, actually, because it's uh, Johnny Appleseed by Joe Strummer and the Mascara, so that nice. almost made noise. But it's uh, it's just a bizarre, complex, weird show. It's kind of a bit David Lynch-esque, I guess. I'm still not really sure what the hell's going on in, in it. It was only about 10 episodes long, I think, and I'm just at the end of it still kind of confused about what was actually going on. Um, but it's about a family of professional surfers in California 
who meet this guy, John, um, who, depending on your perspective, is either uh, a retard with magical powers or is this holy divine being. It's a bit strange. Are you quoting them by saying retard or are we just deciding to piss off another group of society here? I'm I'm making sure there's another demographic of people who... That's good. Right, thanks. As long as I know. What, what's we got left? I'm trying to think of what, who else we'll, we'll put, put it, put it, put it this way. The male if, 18 to 40 audience, they, they should be on our side. If, I think. if, if we had any gay retarded listeners, we definitely don't anymore. I feel like we're all Gareth on the office now that we're talking about the office. Yeah. You know, my dad's not as cultured as me. You know, <laughs> Sean calls him, he, he says puffs instead of gays. <laughs> <laughs> if any of us ever commits a crime, these podcasts are going to yeah. be used as evidence. You do realize that. I judge. Yeah, quoted in the sun. This man thinks gay retards are blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, An abomination <laughs> towards God. <laughs> so, yeah, John from Cincinnati. John, so, yeah, John from Cincinnati, back on track. Um, <laughs> uh, coincidentally, actually, also stars Bruce Greenwood, who I was talking about in The River. Mm. And he plays the father of the family again. Um, but it's about, mainly about Mitch Yost, his son, and his kind of relationship with his mom, um, and his dad, and his son, um, and of course John from uh, Cincinnati. I think I mentioned that. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I kind of find it hard to describe. It's a bit. You watch it, and it's it's just about these people and their lives and how um, strange it is, and just how weird John is. I mean, the stuff like he can he seems to be able to bring things back to life. So. Um, there's a bird in it, a pet bird that dies, and he just kind of holds it in his hands and it brings it back to life. It just be able, seems to be able to just get stuff out of his pocket. So he reaches into his pocket and pulls out just like a wad of money. But it's just, just completely um, innocent and naive character. So he doesn't seem to have a grasp of what he's doing. And I'm not going to spoil the ending because basically I couldn't spoil it even if I tried to describe it because it's just so strange. Um, but it's got just these these great performances in it. I did like Bruce Greenwood in this, and it was, you know, I was I'm, I was quite glad when he popped up in the river because I think he's actually quite a good actor. Actor, um, and it's got a really good soundtrack to it too. I mean, if you you know set in California with all these surfers, so you can kind of imagine the the, the sort of songs that too. Might be a little bit um, indie wanky bullshit at times, but it's it's quite good. That's a good callback there. Callback. Callback to the last episode. Um, yeah, but it's it's well worth the watch, I think. Only um, so you can talk to me about it afterwards and we can try and make sense of it all because it's, it's still like a, about five years ago when I watched it and it's still just one of these strange programs that I've got no idea what actually went on in it. But it's it's kind of stuck with me because I can just, every so often, I just go, oh, yeah, that happened. What the hell did that mean? Um, but yeah, brilliant. Loads of different interwoven well, themes and stuff. I admit yeah. it, though, you only watched it because it's the voice of Batman. Yes, that's right. He is. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't. No, I didn't watch that because he's the, the voice of Batman. But that's right. He is the voice of Batman, and he's really good as Batman. Well, Jerry, round us off then for this TV special podcast. Okay, I'm going to round you off with what I think is the greatest drama in the history of humanity. Actually, in terms of television, it's Mad Men. And if any of you don't love Mad Men, you are dead to me. I'm dead to you. Right. <laughs> I love Mad Men. Well, I, I've not seen it, so I'm, I've not got an opinion, so I can't be dead to you. 
I I do love Mad Men. I wouldn't say it's the best thing I've ever seen, but I do love it a lot and I wish I was Don Draper. No, I wish I was um uh Roger Sterling. (laughs) I watched the pilot episode of it, Jerry, and I kind of um wasn't taken by it. So you can It's a real slow burner, but see I don't think it is. I I thought that was just it pulled me in straight away, Mad Men. I'm a big fan of Mad Men. Real, real big. It's, it's brilliant. I mean, a lot's made of the sort of the visual style. I think everyone's heard of it. It's about an ad agency in 60s New York. There's a lot made of, 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 you know, how cool they are and all the stylish clothes. And, you know, they do look cool as fuck. I mean, mm-hmm. Don Draper is like the coolest man in the history of humanity. He's just brilliant. I mean, oh, you, you spend half of the episodes watching it thinking, Jesus, I wish I was Don Draper. Mm. <laughs> as I just said, but then I remembered I love Roger Sterling even more. Mm. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, again, it's another one. I think the key thing about it is the ensemble cast is absolutely yeah. fantastic. Um, but the, the best thing about it is it's just the best written thing. Uh, sorry to all your uh, Sorkin loving, James, but I think I think this is better written. This is just fantastic. Um, I'm, of, I'm not going to agree with you, but carry on. <laughs> the amount of subtle criticism that's in there, I think, is, is, you know, you can watch it on a lot of different levels, I think is one of its main strengths. You can watch it purely as a, you know, a period set piece where, you know, everyone looks really cool and the sort of the, the dramas and their relationships and all that. It's very interesting. But there's so much going on in terms of, you know, the the themes of the of the of the times. Mm. It's so historically rooted. There's so much real painstaking research in it. Um it's really critical of sort of the gender structure and, and you know sexism and feminism and all that kind of thing. Race becomes a big issue as well, doesn't it? Yeah. As the series goes on. Yes, yeah. I think that's one of the key strengths of it as well, as it introduces things as they happened in real time. So, you know, early on race isn't an issue at all, but as it goes on and they get to the time when race was becoming an issue for America, mm. suddenly it becomes an issue for the characters. Yeah, they touch on the assassination of JFK and what yeah, that meant for American society and yeah, it's Oh, it's it's absolutely fantastic drama. Um, it's also still very funny in places. Um, yeah. Oh no, I love it. It looks amazing, uh, and I'm very interested to see where it goes. And are we going to end up with an elderly Don Draper in the '80s or something like that? I'm fascinated to see where they go with he it. He said, "I think uh, Matt. I think his name's Wiener Viner. Matt Wiener. <laughs> Wiener. <laughs> <laughs> who um, learnt his craft on The Sopranos as well, so he has got some serious um, hits there. Yeah, I mean, he said he knows exactly, a bit like J.K. Rowling, he knows where it's going to end, and he said it's definitely not going past the 60s. Okay. But whether he's sort of, whether there's going to be flashbacks or anything like that, he's just, he just won't, he won't be drawn on anything like that. He just, he says it's definitely, you know, he wants it to be a chronicle of that decade, and that's it. Um, the the other big thing about um, Mad Men is it's picked up HBO turned it down incredibly enough Mm. and they're kicking themselves now yeah Um, turned it down and AMC uh, who's a you know a pretty small TV channel in relative terms for America um, you know they they picked it up and it was huge and off the back of that Breaking Bad got made The Walking Dead got made and it's really launched AMC as a big force, you know, a real rival to HBO. So that's very interesting as well. Oh. But it has so many things in it. I mean, if you haven't watched it, Steve, just go and watch it. It's just, it's, it's wonderful. It's the greatest thing on TV by an absolute mile. Okay. Well, that's it for our TV special. Uh, Triple Bill will be our favourite 
TV to film or vice versa adaptations. Uh, next week we'll be reviewing Paranormal Activity 4. Is that right, James? Yeah, another blood ghost story. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Week you, after that is the Bond special, though. If, if you want to hear me rant about why Lost is a complete waste of my time after six years, I'll probably do a separate podcast for that. Um, I can see it. I can <laughs> see it. Oh, I, can, subscribed. I can see. I can see. I can see many people joining me on that belief. Thanks to all you lot for listening. Thanks to them three for helping out and recording it. And thanks to Kevin McLeod for doing the music. Catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 